Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Awesome. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I, uh, I want to just let you know we're going to be looking at, at quite a bit of it. And uh, whenever we gather, we, we give honor to the Word of God. I believe God's Word is life-changing. Uh, I really do believe that it's the greatest book ever written, that the author is in the room every time the book is read, that the Holy Spirit is here. And the, the job of the Holy Spirit in this context is actually to illuminate truth to us, that, that He would come alongside and that we say, man, this doesn't make sense. And that the Spirit of God would say, well, do you want me to explain what I meant by that? That's amazing. And so we're, we're excited about the Word of God today, and I wonder if you could, would you stand with me, and uh, I'm going to read one story out of the Scripture as we begin this series on honor, and then we're going to dive in. This morning in New West, uh, you know, they send their greetings, and uh, <laughs> imagine if they actually said that, send our, send our greetings. But everyone, everyone in New West is always excited to hear about what's happening here downtown. And this morning, I made it successfully through at least one quarter of what I wanted to say. And so so that's always exciting and uh, good when you're starting a new series. And I realized, well, we'll pick up some more next week. So we're going to get through as much as we can today. This, uh, this topic of honor, there's a lot the Bible has to say about it. Book of Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7. I want to show you uh, a story from, from Scripture that will kind of set the tone for where we're going here. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 1, it says this, Then Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening. He entered Capernaum. There was a centurion there whose servant... Uh, was highly valued by his master. He was sick and was about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jewish people to ask him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. They said, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. For I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is what, uh, that is why I don't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers who answer to me. I tell one go and he goes. I say to one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. Then Jesus heard this. He was amazed at him. And he turned to the crowd and he uh, that was following him, and he said, I tell you this, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned home, and they found that the servant was well. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray today that you would illuminate it to us. I pray today that you would put uh, some highlighter over this topic of honor, and you would change the way we see it and uh, position it in our heart with the type of value that you place on it. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Grab your seat. Grab your seat. If you're taking notes today, just simply write this word amazing on the top of your page. Amazing. I'm calling my shot today. This message is going to be amazing. Amazing. This is one of the two times in Scripture where Jesus is recorded to have been amazed. Only two times. Two times it says this, Jesus was amazed. And this is one of those times. You know, about 32 times other people were amazed at Jesus. Most typically, when Jesus was in the presence of other people, they were left 
amazed. Like he would say something. He'd say, I know you've heard it said that, that you shouldn't murder, but I'm telling you this. Here's the standard I have for you. I don't even want you to hate people in your heart. Because that, that's kind of the same weight I put upon heart as I put upon actions. And people are like, whoa, I have never heard it put that way before. That's amazing. And then Jesus is walking through a place uh, called Jericho. And a man at the city gates who is begging calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, bring him to me. And so he comes to Jesus, says, I'd love to, to see. Jesus touches him and his eyes open. People are amazed. And then there's this time when Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and he prays and blesses and begins to break these little pieces of bread and fish and hand them to his disciples and they go distribute them to 5,000 people and everyone who is sitting there eats their full and they're all sitting back going, that, that doesn't make sense. That's amazing. And then there's this one time when Jesus is uh, he's walking out on water. If you've ever been in church like for a little while, you've heard us talk about Jesus walking on water. And we say it so casually. He was walking on top of water and not sinking in the middle of a storm. And his disciples are all terrified. And, and Jesus says to Peter, hey, you can come out to me. And Peter also gets up on water. And then when they let Jesus in the boat, he, he, he similar to other times, he just said, hey, peace be still. And the storm stopped. And they said, this doesn't even make sense. Like the wind and the waves obey this guy. He's amazing. And then there's this one time he's at a funeral and there's a single mom who's burying her son. The Bible doesn't say how old he was, but this is an absolute tragedy. And Jesus sees the funeral coming by and people mourning and grieving for the, the, the mom who's a widow and now is childless. And he goes, oh, this just doesn't feel right. And he goes and touches the, the coffin and the boy gets up out of it and he's alive. And we can still sing. Now, you know, a couple thousand years later, the bodies are still being raised and, and the, the, the giants are still being slayed. People were amazed. Whenever Jesus was in the presence of people, they left amazed. How did he do that? He's unlike anyone we've ever seen. But only two times Jesus is recorded as being amazed. One of them is this time here. He is amazed by the type of value that this centurion places upon him. You see, this man's faith is positioned or built solidly on the honor that he holds towards Jesus. He had such high honor and regard for Jesus that he expresses his faith. He says, I get it. You, you're in authority. You don't even need to come to my house. It's not like you have to you know, whip up some sort of a potion you can just say the word and your words have power. In the same way that I have authority over like a squadron of soldiers, you have authority over spiritual things. So say the word and I know it will be done. And Jesus is floored. Jesus, like I, I, I like to think he's like, I didn't see that coming. But he's God, so it's beginning and end. Maybe he saw it coming. And yet there's this amazement. And he stops and he puts like a highlighter on it. He goes, guys, that right there, I haven't seen that yet. John the Baptist is pretty awesome. He, he's not, he doesn't have that kind of faith. Like, like Mary, think of Mary, who said, may it be to me as you have said. He's like, Mary's amazing. Like, you're my mom. I love her. But this I have never seen. This is amazing that he understands the authority that I have, that a simple word would heal. And in response to the honor that is shown, Jesus blesses him with a, a complete reward. An amazing full reward that without ever even going to the house, the moment he said it, he was healed. 
It's amazing. Can I show you the other time? I want to show you the other time that Jesus is amazed because it's equally gripping, if you ask me. It's equally stirring to look at this other story. Mark chapter 6. Turn over to Mark chapter 6. I told you we're going to look at quite a bit of scripture today. And really over the next number of weeks, we're going to unpack this topic some more because the Bible has so much to say about honor in a culture that really does everything we can to try to devalue honor. You know, this week in, in my kids' class, they started school, and my fifth grader, Gwyneth, has a new student in her class, and this new student referred to the teacher as sir, and immediately all of her classmates began to speak to this new student and said, oh, you don't need to call them sir here. You don't have to do that here. And this new student, brand new to school, is being educated on day one in her new school. Oh, you don't have to show that type of honor here. That's not expected. That's above and beyond. Isn't that crazy? We live in a culture that devalues honor, and the Bible has so much to say about it. So I want to ask you if you would, like really consider, maybe this is abnormal for you, be here this month. Don't, don't just show up once and, you know, kind of like be here because this is going to scratch the surface this morning. I think it might set the tone, but we got to get this deep down inside of us if we're going to live in the type of reward that God desires for us. Mark chapter 6, check this out. Jesus left there and he went to his hometown. Someone say home. Accompanied by his disciples, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. But then they began to say, where did this man come from? Where did he come up with these things? What kind of wisdom has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Isn't he a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Aren't his brothers James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And so they took offense at Jesus. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do many miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Isn't that something that the two things that amazed Jesus were faith and a lack of faith? That the two things that caught the attention of Jesus and made him pause and stop and say, wow, was a person who had so much honor that they, they exhibited it in faith, and then a group of people who had so much dishonor that their lack of faith actually restricted God to move in power in that place. That's amazing. And I mean, also you will notice the grace of God that even in the presence of a lack of honor, it says he, he couldn't really do anything. Like he healed some sick people, but he couldn't do what he does. He couldn't be all that he could be because people weren't willing to receive him for who he was. So here, let me give you this as a working definition of honor. The Bible definition, biblical definition in Greek uh, would be this word time, T-I-M-E. It sounds like time. Not related, although time is valuable. This word time, honor, means to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat something as precious or worthy or valuable. When we show honor, we're highly esteeming, we're treating something as precious or worthy or valuable. The opposite of honor, here he says a, a prophet is not without honor, doesn't experience this type of dishonor except for in his home, is this Greek word atemia. And atemia means this, to treat as common or ordinary. How do you dishonor something? Treat it as ordinary. How do you dishonor something? Treat it as common. I'd go so far as to say this, if you would like to make sure that you have a very common, ordinary marriage, 
Treat your spouse like they're common and ordinary. Treat their words like average. Treat the things that they care about as if they disinterest you. You're, gonna, you're on your way to having a very common, very ordinary, very average marriage. If you want to have like a really common uh, working relationship with your business partners, treat the words they say as common and ordinary. Don't put any value on them. Just treat, treat them like as bland. Treat it all, all like it has, it's without any flavor, all as though it's without any sort of value, and you will find that the result will be average. You know, we place honor on this, this metal called gold. Collectively, globally, we place honor on gold. We say it's worth so much, and, and, and you and I actually set the price of gold, along with about 7 billion other people. We contribute to it, and you could go on your phone right now and look up the markets and see exactly what gold is worth by the ounce based on what we place value on. We say it's worthy. But we don't only place value on things through money, okay? We place value on things through our actions. We can honor something with our words, the Bible would go so far as to say that we can honor or dishonor even in our thoughts. There's this time that Jesus, he, he's in a house full of religious people and, and teachers, and, and he's there, and he, you remember the story where they tear a hole in the roof and they lower a paralytic man, and Jesus says to the paralyzed guy, you have all your sins forgiven because you have such great faith. And then it says this, they began to think, who's this man to forgive sins? Who does he think he is? And then it says, Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, he said, what, what would be harder? Forgiving him of sins or healing him from paralysis? Hey, get up and walk. And he does both. And like he hears their thoughts. He responds to their dishonor in that way. So what we place value on with words, actions, even thoughts, matters to God. It has a significant weight to God. I want to encourage you and I that God still cares about honor, that he's unchanging, that he's the same, that we could be the type of people that amaze God with the faith we exhibit based on our honor. We go, God, you really are who you say you are, and so I will not be afraid. I really trust you. I really know you're on my side. I, I really will put you first. And that type of honor would amaze God. In the same manner, we can treat God as common, ordinary, or kind of that extra little thing. Ah, you know what? I feel like maybe some Thai food or maybe church. Don't know what I'm craving right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, want sushi or you know, maybe I'll read the Bible real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just treat it as common as if it, yeah, it might make my day a little better. No, I'm good. I've had enough of God. If we treat him as a common we will receive from him what's common. Let me show you. I'll prove it to you in scripture, okay? First Samuel, go there. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter two, I believe. First Samuel chapter two and uh, verse 30. First Samuel chapter two and verse 30 says this. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promised that members of your family would minister before me, but now I'm saying this. Far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be disdained. In another translation, it says this. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me, I will only lightly esteem. That's so good. God is so good that even like the way he shows disdain for something is only lightly esteeming it. He's like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you, but you're not going to get the best of me. If you honor me, you're going to get my best. If you despise me, I, 
I mean, I'm here, but there's this gap between us that you've created by the dishonor that you show, which is not a great place to be in when you need a prayer answered, is it? Right? Like some people only pray when they're desperate. They treat God with disdain. They treat God as if he's despicable. And then when they need him, they're like, oh, God. Like, oh, I got an exam tomorrow. I didn't study. God, please, if you do this for me, I'll never pray. Like, hold up. If you want God to honor you, then you need to honor him. Like there is this part you play. Now somebody theological is saying here, but hold on, like doesn't God, isn't he the one who starts it all? He is. He's the initiator. He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. He's a God of grace. His grace abounds. His grace is not limited by our lack of faith. Sometimes when we're in our absolute weakness, like you think of this poor widow whose son had died, it's not like the son had some sort of faith working up on the inside of him. He was dead and Jesus still moved. Okay, God can still move, but God also lives by principle. And the principle he has established is this. If you honor me, I'm gonna honor you. If you despise me, I'll only lightly esteem that. I can't come alongside that and say this is what I'm looking for. So if that's true, if God is looking for us to honor him, if God actually cares about the way we show him honor, and honor is to place value upon through word and deed and even thought, then I ask you the question, how do we honor God? Like, is, is it simply this, that as we're walking through the city streets, we're like, God, you're great. God, you're really, really great. God, you're really, 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 really great. I mean, that's part of it. The Bible would say this, that we meditate on his word, that, that we even kind of mumble to ourselves the truth of God, and that when we get his word hidden on our heart, it actually keeps us from misstepping. It keeps us from living uh, inconsistent, crooked life because he's, so he's front and center. But the Bible also says this, that you cannot bless God and curse the people around you because out of your mouth can't come blessing and curses. It just doesn't work that way. So if you can't love the people God's put right in front of you, you don't really love God. Like, we don't truly honor God unless we can display that honor through the people that he desperately loves and has imprinted his image upon. How do we honor God? By honoring people. Then you ask me the question, and this would be a great question, what people? You know, sometimes we ask great questions, they're just the wrong question. Like, it's a, that's a great question about calculus. It's just the wrong question because you're in a geography class. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter right now. But this would be the greatest question you could ask. I think right here and now, you say, okay, God's amazed by honor. God ridiculously and amazingly rewards honor. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it's impossible to please God unless you have faith. You must believe, first of all, that he is And second of all, that he's the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. He wants you to live in reward. So he's amazed by honor. He rewards honor in an amazing way. He says, I honor him by honoring people. Who are the people I should honor? Now someone's saying, hold up. You haven't even proven to me that, that honoring God honors or honoring people honors God. Let me do that for you before I lose you, okay? Matthew chapter 10. Because I know what happens. If you're talking about honor, people are, are trying to get lost. Talk about blessing, everyone's all in. Talk about sex, oh my goodness, it's a great day. But we're talking about honor, Ooh, that's a little bit awkward, that's a little bit hard, it's not really common. But why don't we go here, okay? Book of Matthew, if you could. I just want to show you this, how much Jesus cares about the way we treat 
other people. This would really be like body of work. You can see it over and over and over again. Once you see it, you won't unsee it. You'll start seeing it everywhere. But let me show you a specific. Matthew chapter 10 in verse 40 says this, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Jesus is saying this to his disciples, I'm sending you out. And anybody who treats you with honor it's like they're treating me with honor. And if you're treating me with honor, you're treating my father with honor. And if you're treating my father with honor, he promised way back in, in, in 1 Samuel, he's going to show you honor. In the same manner, if anyone despises you, they're actually despising me. And if they despise me, they're despising the one that sent me. And if they despise my father way back in, in 2 Samuel, he said he'll only lightly esteem. So do we want to live in big reward? Me and Liz want to live so rewarded. It's awesome. It's awesome. Do we want to live in big reward? Do we want to live in that kind of amazing blessing? Then who are the people that we should honor? Like, like just top of my head, off the cuff, first thought, I should honor honorable people. You with me? Like people who do good things should get my honor because they deserved it. That would be smart if honor and respect were the same thing. They're just not. Because honor is a gift given. Respect is something you earn. Respect is earned, honor is not. Honor, I make a choice about. I can choose to withhold honor to anyone. But, but, but I simply, I have to respect certain things. Let me, let me prove it to you. Any sports fans in the room? Okay, I'm not talking like you, you figured out there was a basketball team in Toronto a couple months ago. I'm talking real sports fan. Like you own a jersey. Are you with anyone here actually own a jersey? Okay, here's, here's how it works. I, I think of it this way. Honor is about the logo. Respect is about the name. Are you with me? Honor, like I honor people who play for my teams. They might have been my enemy last week, but they just got traded. That's my boy. You with me? Like I'm, I'm honored because of the logo. In the same manner, respect is for the name. There are, pe- there are teams I do not prefer. Players I do not like, but I do respect them. Because you've got to respect their stats. You've got to respect their talent. You've got to respect they've gone the extra mile. You've got to respect the way that they've mastered their craft. Are you following with me? Respect is earned. Honor is given. In the same manner, respect, even if it isn't earned, doesn't negate the fact that I should honor. So we can't just honor honorable people. If we did, that would make us the judge of everything that was good. And that is a terrifying place to be. Like, that's a crazy, mean-spirited place to be. If we were to sit on the throne of all things good and decide who is worthy of the value I can place upon them, that's terrifying. I want to live a little lower than that. I don't know about you. In these next two verses, here in Matthew chapter 10, the next two verses, Jesus tells us who we need to honor. Okay? Check this out. Verse 41 says this. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who's my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Right in this two verses, Jesus has actually laid out a a matrix for you and I. Who should we honor? The answer is every person you will ever come in contact with. To show value to every person 
you will ever meet. You're saying, hold up. Are you talking about prophets, righteous people, and little people? Like, where do you get all the people? Let me show you. In this context, prophet means someone in authority. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, if someone comes with a message from me, like a prophetic word, he's not talking about like a, a, a ability to tell the future. He's talking about teaching. If someone comes and they know something you don't know, they're in authority in a place you're not, show them some honor, and what you will receive is the reward that they deserve. How cool is that? You know, sometimes we try to look at people we think are above us and we tear them down to our level because we think somehow that'll, that'll make us equal. But here Jesus is saying, someone who's above you, you can actually ascend to their level of blessing simply by showing them honor. And if you can show a prophet honor, you'll receive a prophet's blessing. You don't even have to be a prophet yourself. You are going to live under the blessing of what they bring to you by showing them some honor. And instead, we look to criticize and critique and tear down and pull down to get people on our level. You sh I shared a weakness with you. Now you have to share one with me so we feel equal. Like, why do we do things like that? Instead, we should show a prophet the type of honor. So this is speaking of authority. And in our lives, God has delegated authority to every sphere of our life. Do you know that in every sphere of your life, God has positioned authority there, and that is authority is, is appropriately deserving of your honor. <sighs> you might find them hard to respect, but they deserve your honor. Every sphere. Number one, this is talking about like in a civil sense. In a civil sense. God has delegated his authority to civil, uh, civil leaders. That means like kings and queens, that means presidents and prime ministers, that means mayors and police officers, that means everybody who is living under the authority of the, the oh, and then three people get up and leave. Just kidding, that's the worship team. They're just getting ready. I was like, that's it. Not my prime minister. <laughs> but, but this is real. God has delegated his authority. Peter, who speaks this, is speaking of, of, of Herod Agrippa II, Herod Agrippa II, who murdered Christians for his own political gain. And Peter is saying, it is our role and mandate to honor the king. I will place value on the... You don't have to agree with every position of platform. You don't have to agree with, with every bill that is being passed. You don't have to agree with every opinion that was being campaigned upon. But once someone is in leadership over you, it's your job to honor them. It's our mandate to honor them. It is the command of God that we live in honor. Some of us maybe need to go through and do a little edit on our Facebook feeds. Because our Facebook feed has turned into our, our, our platform where we air out all our opinions on every person who's ever done anything ever. Hold up. We need to place some, some value and honor. Not upon the respectability of the work they do. Now someone's saying, this, are we not allowed to critique you can critique, but there are, there are environments for critique that can still be done in honor. You know what I'm talking about? Has anyone ever brought a criticism to you and they've done so in a way that, that didn't demean you? Like, has anyone ever come and said, hey, I love you so much. I just want to be that type of friend who lets you know there's something in your teeth. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I don't, you don't have to dishonor someone to point out a flaw in them. You, but you better not put them on blast. Hey, look at old parsley face over there. You know, he's got green sticking up. Hey, don't, we don't need to be that way. So the Bible says, this is not me, this is Bible. It says that we honor civil authorities. You could find that 
in uh, in First Peter chapter two. Secondly, family authorities. Ephesians chapter six, family authority says this: It is a command of God, not a suggestion, a command of God that we honor our father and mother. And in doing so, we actually receive blessing. The blessing is twofold, long life, good life. That's crazy. The Bible says this, here's the promise. If you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you and you will live long on earth. I want to cash in on that reward. Are you with me? I want to live in that blessing. Now, not for a second would I say this is easy for every person who hears it. Like, like, Quite, quite honestly, I think my, my parents might be two of the greatest people who have ever lived. And if you've met my parents, they're like, oh, easy for you to say, easy to, to show some honor. No, it's easy to show respect because they live respectably. I still have to choose to show honor because I can choose to disregard respectable people. We do it all the time. I can choose to tune out people who are smarter than me in certain areas. We do it all the time but I choose to show them honor. Honor is simply saying this. I, I'm going to see in you not the, the, the things you've done, not the way you've acted, but I'm going to see in you the gift that God has given, that, that your DNA, if not for you, I would not be. I'm going to position you in a place of honor. In my, that means this, you speak well of your parents in front of your kids, for those of you who have kids. That means this, that you position your parents in a good light. You don't always, oh, my mom, she's just being crazy. She's just crazy. Like We look for opportunities to do everything we can to highly esteem and to lift up. For some, the greatest way you can honor is just Like, I don't have anything good I can say about my parent. Then just do everything you can to close your mouth. That's what the Bible says. Delegated authority to civic authorities, to family authorities. Number three, to social authorities. Social authorities. I'll show you this in... Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it's actually speaking to slaves, saying, slaves, anyone who's enslaved, I want you to treat your master with honor. Show honor to your master. Like, like, there's no one in this room, thank God, who is enslaved, but tomorrow morning when your alarm clock goes off earlier than you feel like it's supposed to, you might feel a little bit enslaved. It's speaking to you. Show honor to your boss. Show honor even to those they delegate their authority to. That means your shift manager. That means the assistant manager who has a different colored lanyard than you do. Show some respect. Show some honor. It means this. If you're on a sports team, show some honor to your coach. It means if you're a student, show some honor to your teacher. Not only will you get more out of them, but you will actually be honoring God in doing so. It's kind of a hard lesson, isn't it? I, like I, I hope you and I can can grab hold of the reward that God has in store for us. Uh, I mean, regardless, if we're living in dishonor, we're actually kind of poisoning the garden of our life that we're trying to also produce, you know, livelihood out of. Do you follow what I'm saying? We're throwing poison into the ground of our life and then hoping that the fruit that comes out of it is going to be good. Like for our own sakes, we need to get bitterness out of the way. For our own sakes, we need to get dishonor out of the way. But it says honor uh Civil authorities, family authorities, social authorities, and then goes on even to say this. Check this out. Sometimes hard for pastors to say with a straight face or without an angry glare. Look at this. First Timothy chapter 5 and 17, speaking of spiritual authority as well. First Timothy 5, 17. I'm making my way towards a conclusion. You know, if in New West I made it 25% through, I might have done 30 here downtown. Downtown's getting a... Full portion. Hey, check this out. First Timothy uh, chapter 5 and, uh, and verse 7. 
uh, verse 17, First Timothy chapter 5 in verse 17 says this, speaking to each one of us. It says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and in teaching. Now, now, quite honestly, I could, I could just disregard this one and be like, oh man, it's weird to say into a microphone that you should show double honor to people who hold a microphone. Kind of, but but that would actually be robbing our community, robbing the people here, out of a way to show honor that blesses God, that in turn positions them for blessing. The Bible says, give double weight to those who serve you. Now, James 3 also says this, not everyone should aspire to teach, because if you want to teach, you will be judged more harshly. It says that straight up. So there's like a double responsibility. If I'm going to stand up here and say, I've dedicated my life, and I'm not even scratching the surface, but I've done everything I can to understand this book more, so that I can give simple descriptions of things that might help you make wiser choices, I'll also be held more accountable. But the Bible says, give double weight. Give double weight to the words of those who've dedicated themselves to you in the Lord. That means this. You, you come by, get some advice from a pastor or a leader or somebody in a spiritual place of authority. And then you ask your friend Dudley, and you're like, ah, Dud- I like Dudley's advice better. <laughs> you know, I needed some marriage help. I went to the pastor and his wife, and we sat down. But then, you know, I was watching I was watching this blog, and the blog said, just, just do whatever you want. We laugh, but we do it. It happens all the time. I'm telling you, literally, this is my life right here. People go, hey, what would the Bible say about this? And you point it out and show them and say, this is what it says. They go, oh, cool. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Don't want to. Ah. Bible says just position double honor there. It matters to God. It does. It matters to God. It would change the dynamic of your life. It would change the dynamic of our church in every way if we could aspire to be the type of people who lived in amazing honor. We'll talk more about that in weeks to come. So Matthew, Matthew 10 there, it said, honor a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. That's speaking people in authority. Then it says this, honor a righteous man, you'll receive a righteous man's reward. And in this, God is speaking to righteous men. He's looking at a group of righteous men saying, hey, honor not only upward, but sideways. Because honor is not just up the org chart. It's like, man, I guess I got to honor because I'm an employee, but once I'm the boss, look out, everyone. No, honor is, is sideways as well. It's everybody you look around and you feel like I can look you straight in the eye. Show honor that way. Honor a righteous person, you're going to receive the type of reward that a righteous person deserves. In this, I, I will point your attention to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 says this, outdo one another in honor. I want to I wanna challenge Vivid Church to be a little more competitive in one area, honoring one another. Let's be a little more competitive in the way we show honor. Like we gather together, whether it's on a Sunday or at a hub, coming to Next Steps later, getting in on team night, you're serving in some way, or interacting with people on the street. You're interacting with people who feel like, yeah, they're my peers, like at work, that, that as we see people, we're like, oh, man. I got you right where I want you. I'm going to show you so much honor today. You're not going to know what hits you. I'm going to place value on the things that you value. I'm going to listen carefully. When you say there's a specific type of pizza you like, I'm going to go get that pizza. I'll even put pineapple on my pizza for you. Like, because you like pineapple. Pineapple shouldn't be on pizza, but if you like pineapple, I'm putting pineapple on this pizza. I'm going to do everything I can to outdo you in honor. 
No, after you. No, 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 after you. No, 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 after you. Like, I'm going to do everything I can. When when you bless me, I'm not going to make a, a, a big fuss and be like, oh, how could you? I'll get you next time. I'm just going to get you next time. We don't need to talk about it. I don't need to make a big scene. I'm just going to get you next time. When we go for a meal, I'm going to pretend I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm really going to go pay the check. Little trick. Like I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to outdo you with honor. When I notice when you're like, oh, man, check out those shoes, I'm going to go find where those shoes were made. I'm going to get you a pair. I'm going to take a note. Do you, do you have a note anywhere in your phone of, like, some of your friend's shoe sizes? Really? Really? Minor size 11, just so you like start a note, okay? But really, like, I do. I know some of my friend's shoe sizes. What if I see a pair of shoes they want? Outdo one another in honor. That's what the Bible's saying, that we should actually make it our goal to aspire to live this way. Not just up, but sideways. Not just up, oh, this person deserves. No, that's, that's about respect. You show some respect upwards. But honor's a gift you give, whether it's up or down or all the way around. And then number three, it says this. I want you to go so far as this. Show honor to little ones. Little ones who can never pay you back. Little ones who could never get it next time. I want you to show re- re- like honor to little ones. And here's how it's going to work. Here's how you'll get a reward of this. I won't forget. That's what God's saying. Say, I'll be watching. I won't forget. In Proverbs, it says this. When you care for the needy, you honor God. That we actually have this opportunity to people who would never be able to pay us back, who would never be able to, to understand that there's an etiquette. I, I say, you know, here's, here's your salute, and then you're supposed to. No, no, there's no etiquette to it. They're little kids. And God says, show honor downwards to those who you think might be weaker. And in doing so, you will not be forgotten. I'll take care of it. I got you. It'd be crazy if I came in here. I said, okay, Vivid Church, here's what we want. From now on, show double honor to your pastors and leaders, all right? And me and Dustin go give each other a high five. We're like, yeah, good day in church. Now, let's be the type of church that goes above and beyond honoring up and down all the way around. Those in authority, those who are our peers, those who we see as beneath us. Because what God says is, I don't see them beneath you. They may have less strength than you. They may have less position than you. They may have have less opportunity than you. They may have less platform than you, but they don't have less value than you. So when you show them value, I'll remember. I'll take care of you. I'll reward you. I'll be watching. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.